Big Ten, a potential NFL postseason bubble. Fernando Tatis, and some last words. Blue Valley Sports Talk begins right now. What's going on, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the LaValley Sports Talk Podcast, brought to you by the Soundline Network. As always, I am your host, Chris LaValley. Hope you all are doing well, staying safe. College football is where we kick off this week's pod, specifically in the Big Ten. There's a lot of drama surrounding the Big Ten right now, so I'm going to talk about the drama, and I'm also going to talk about their absurd idea regarding spring football. So let's start off with the drama. In regards to the drama, I'm going to be uh, referring to an article written by Ryan Glassbell of OutKick. Uh, The title of the article is Kevin Warren Contradicts Minnesota President and Penn State AD over where the Big Ten voted. So in this article, uh, Ryan talks about how the Big Ten commissioner, uh, Kevin Warren, who I spoke about last week, he's the the wonderful commissioner who... um, has also talked about how he wants to be NFL commissioner one day. And, you know, he's not politically motivated whatsoever in his decision. Pushed out an open letter explaining the conference's rationale in canceling the football season. The key sentence within that letter is, and I quote, the vote by the Big Ten Council of Presidents and Chancellors was overwhelmingly in support of postponing fall sports and will not be revisited, end quote. So, to give you a little bit of a, a timetable here over the past one and a half weeks, here's the drama that has unfolded in the Big Ten, and I am quoting the article directly. Last Monday, Dan Patrick in the D- Detroit Free Press reported that the Big Ten presidents had voted 12-2 to 2 in favor of canceling the season, with the lone holdouts being Iowa and Nebraska. Later that day, the Big Ten issued an on-the-record statement saying no vote has been taken. Also last Monday, credible reports out of Ohio indicated Ohio State President Christina Johnson would not vote in favor of canceling the season. Last Tuesday, the Big Ten announced that fall sports would be canceled. This week, University of Minnesota President Joan Gable said, We didn't vote per se. It's a deliberative process where we came to a decision together. But I absolutely support the decision that we came to safety first, absolutely safety first. Penn State's athletic director, Sandy Barber, said she was unsure if the Big Ten presidents ever actually voted, end quote. So here's the thing. Where where my mind's going right now. If the Big Ten actually and formally voted in their decision to cancel the season, why is Minnesota's president and Penn State's athletic director unsure if it actually happened? I I just I'm, I'm missing something here. How can you have two top um, administrators within two Big Ten schools not sure if a vote actually took place? If you have the commissioner saying unequivocally, this vote happened and it was a 12 to 2 decision to not have college football, then why do you have two of your major schools saying, we had no idea there was a vote, no one told us? Furthermore, Every school in the Big Ten, aside from Northeastern, or Northwestern rather, excuse me, Northwestern, are public institutions. Therefore, it's, the vote should be able to be public. It should be a public vote. It, it's not a private institution. It's a public, they're all public schools. Therefore, the public should be able to see that this vote actually took place. There has been no proof thus far that a vote actually took place. Which then brings me back to the Big Ten commissioner. 
I think Mr. Warren is full of crap. I don't believe that a vote actually took place. I think there's been a lot of behind-the-scenes back-dealing here. And I think this is politically motivated. Personally, I do. I think that there's, there's something going on here. This does not pass the sniff test whatsoever. What the politics are, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to go into a political rabbit hole here. I'm just saying something doesn't smell right. You also have, how many schools was it? Uh, let's see here. So you had, you have, oh, I, excuse me, Iowa, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Penn State, and Ohio State are all talking about staging a mutiny against the Big Ten and still trying to find a way to play college football in the fall regardless of, of what the, the Big Ten has, has stated. The only school, the only big school that isn't in the mix is, is Michigan, and that's because the wonderful governor of Michigan, Miss Gretchen Whitmer, has determined that no one in Michigan should be able to play football due to the coronavirus, even though all the surrounding schools like Ohio and you know, Wisconsin and, and others that um, aren't, don't, aren't fearful of the pandemic right now. But Michigan is. But again, don't worry, everybody. It's not political whatsoever, even though you know Gretchen Whitmer has not exactly done the best job in the world of serving her state. But anyway, I digress. It just doesn't make sense. Like, again, I come back to you have a commissioner who has said unequivocally that a vote took place, but yet you have multiple, multiple administrators within two different schools stating that they were unsure of a vote taking place. If the vote took place... Make it public. Prove to us. Show us Show us the vote. It's very simple. All you have to do, along with your press release, saying that you're not going to revisit it, say, we're not going to revisit it because this is what transpired. It's very simple. Not that hard. But yet, we don't see any proof of a vote actually taking place, which again makes me believe that the president, or excuse me, the commissioner of the Big Ten is full of crap. Now I move to... There, his decision about spring football. This is where it gets interesting. So spring football is not really taking place in the spring, like I said last week. Last week I was like, you know, spring football will take place in March, which is still kind of the, during the height of flu season. Doesn't really make much sense. This is even better. The Big Ten commissioner has come out and stated that spring football would take place in January which is the height of flu season. So the, the season would take place from January through March indoors. Yes, you heard me correct. It's not safe to play football in September, October, or November outdoors when it's warmer. But it's going to be magically okay to play indoors January, February, and March. So I ask you, and this could be the proverbial you, this could even be you if, if you want to respond to me at Lavalley CH on Twitter. And I'm, I'm also calling out Dan Coleman here, who is a medical professional, so he can tell me if I'm wrong. He can even come on this podcast and tell me I'm wrong, or he can do it on his own podcast and say, hey, Lavalley's an idiot. He would know better than I would. But I'm trying to understand how, according to the Big Ten Commissioner, it's safety first, it's not safe for the kids to play outdoors while it's warmer, but it is going to be safe to play indoors during the height of flu season. Now, I could be wrong, but I believe the whole point of the NBA bubble was to keep 
because we're not we're not letting people indoors. A lot of people indoors due to you know obviously the the pandemic, and that's when it's warm out. But we're gonna let kids indoors when it's cold out because that's gonna be safer. It's gonna be the height of flu season, but that's okay because they'll be indoors. I just I don't I don't get I don't get the rationale. Furthermore, guys, this isn't about safety at this point. Okay, this is about politics. It's a hundred percent about politics. So you're going to tell me that September and October, which is obviously going to be the height of the election season, we're not going to do college football because it's not safe. Even though again they would they would be playing all their games outdoors, it's not safe to do that. But right after the election's over. So come January, regardless of who wins, the election will be over. We may have a new president. We may have a new administration. Then all of a sudden we're going to have kids play football again during the height of flu season and indoors. I, I, can't, I can't emphasize that enough. It just doesn't make sense to me. These same people, mind you, that are backing the whole indoor spring football thing during the height of flu season are the same people that are saying we shouldn't be going back to school because we'd be in enclosed environments and the virus is going to spread. Sound a little hypocritical? Okay, cool. I'm just making sure it's not me. I'm just making sure it's not me. And here's the other thing. This isn't about money anymore either. So if you're, if you're sitting back and you're saying, you're justifying it by saying, well, you know, at least they're still trying to have a season. They're still going to make their money back. People will watch. They won't watch, and here's why. You want to? There's this really, really fascinating thing that happens in January and February. It's a big sporting event. I don't know if, if, if you know the, the college football, if the Big Ten commissioner understands this, even though we probably should because he wants to be the commissioner of that league one day. There's this big thing called the NFL playoffs that take place in January through February, or at least the first week of February. The NFL playoffs is going to blow college football off the map when it comes to ratings. If you think that co- that NFL football fans, who are also college football fans, mind you, because I am one of them, if you think that we're going to stop watching NFL football, playoff football in prime time to turn on Big Ten college football games, you're out of your freaking mind. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. They're going to lose half their season in viewership. Because people are going to, they're, they're not going to tune out of an NFL playoff game to watch an Ohio State Nebraska game or an Ohio State Wisconsin game. Hell, you could even put Ohio State Michigan on. You're not going to outrate the NFL playoffs. It's just not going to happen. So the Big Ten's actually shooting themselves in the foot. They're going to lose money. They're going to lose television revenue for what? Political reasons? Because this, this isn't, you can't tell me this is about kids' safety anymore either. If it's not safe to have kids on campus, living in the dorm rooms, having classes indoors because you're gonna, it, it's, going, it's not going to help quell the virus, but somehow during the height of flu season, you can play football indoors, that doesn't make sense. It just, it, like, I, I, don't, I don't understand it. I truly don't. But hey, I'm always willing to be proven wrong. So any medical professionals out there who are listening to this podcast who want to call me an idiot or tell me why I'm wrong, I'd love to hear from you. Dan, I'm calling you out here too. If you hear this, you think I'm dead wrong about it, 
you're welcome to come on this pod or again, you can do it on your own podcast and, and, and tell me how I'm wrong. But I just, I don't understand again, how you can state that playing football outdoors when it's warmer out is unsafe, but playing football indoors in the height of flu season somehow is safe. I'm just, I'm just confused. Ali Valley CH on Twitter. Let me know. Let's talk some NFL. So in NFL news this week, it was announced that the NFL is looking at the potential of creating a bubble-like environment for their postseason. Um, I think it's an interesting idea. I don't know if it'll actually happen or not, but I think it's an interesting idea. Troy Vincent came out and he said, look, it's not going to be a bubble, so to speak. It'll be more of a controlled environment that they're looking to uh, to implement come the postseason. I think it makes sense in the sense that you have lesser teams, lesser players that you have to try and control. Trying to have a bubble-like environment for the regular season with the NFL just doesn't make sense. It's not realistic. The only way you could do that potentially is if you kind of just did a regional type of atmosphere the same way the, that Major League Baseball did. But in the NFL, that's just not going to work because people don't want to see that. They just don't. And I understand everyone's going to go, oh, my God, safety, safety. Look, the NFL knows what it's doing. So I trust the NFL implicitly when it comes to looking at the fact that they've probably talked to the players. And they have plenty of players who want to play this season. They Yes, there were quite a few that said they weren't going to play. But the majority of the league wants to play. They want the season to happen. They want it to be as normal as possible. So it and it's going it. The NFL, in my opinion, the NFL is going to be fine. Um, we don't know what it's going to look like, obviously, with the virus and everything. We don't know if it's going to ratchet back up or not come December, January, February. Although, if it does ratchet back up and the Big Ten still decides to hold their spring football in the height of flu season, then clearly we know that player safety doesn't matter to the Big Ten. Sorry, that was a cheap shot. Anyway, back to the NFL. Um, if it does ratchet back up and the NFL decides to do a controlled-like environment, I think, I think, it, I think it'll work. I think it makes sense. It um, it'll certainly alleviate concerns that a lot of people may have. Even some players may look. There could be players that that have concerns that just don't want to speak up because they still want to play. But you know, in the back of their minds, it, it is kind of con, you know concerning to them. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, again, this isn't like breaking huge NFL news, but I did think that that it was interesting that the idea was floated out there. I think it was Sean Payton the coach of the saints who floated the idea out there to the league office and said, Hey, look, like this is something we should consider. Um, so we'll see what happens. If, if, uh, if the NFL chooses to do it, they'll probably, you know, they'll do it right. They'll know what they're doing. Like I said, I, out of all the sports leagues going in this country, the NFL always seems to figure out a way to make everything work. So, uh, again, if, if the virus does ratchet back up, come, uh, you know, come the end of the year, early next year, then you know we may see a controlled environment, and if we do, the NFL will make it work as always. And uh, but the important thing is that we're still going to have football. All right. So my everything is stupid segment this week. I want to talk about the reaction to Fernando Tatis's grand slam. So for those unaware, Fernando Tatis, who is the young superstar player for the San Diego Padres. Hit a 3-0 pitch, which turned into a grand slam against the Texas Rangers Monday night. 
So the way that it works was Tatis's eighth inning homer came with the Padres up 10 to three bases were loaded and there's a three Oh count. And then Tatis took the three Oh, the, the, <laughs> the nice fastball that went right down the middle of the plate and drove it over the fence and everyone flipped out about it, including his manager. His manager was not pleased. And uh, I'm trying to find the, if there is a, um, if there's a quote, uh, let's see after the game, I'm uh, reading this from CBS news after or CBS sports rather after the game, Padres manager, Jace Tingler said that Tatis missed a take sign during his at bat. He's young, a free spirit and focused and all those things. Tingler told reporters, that's the last thing that will ever, t- that's the last thing that will ever take away. It's a learning opportunity and that's it. He'll grow from it. So it, here's the deal, guys. Like if you're honestly, uh, hold on. There's, there's a further, sorry, I'm reading this in real time here. Uh, he Tingler continued on with quotes saying, just so you know, a lot of our guys have green light three Oh Tingler added, but in this game in particular, we had a little bit of a comfortable lead. We're not trying to run up the score or anything like that. It's worth noting, just this is some background knowledge that I, I was unaware of, but it's worth noting that Tingler spent the previous 13 years as a coach of the Rangers, including last season on the staff of then rookie manager Woodward. Okay, so <laughs> it sounds like the, the Padres manager is kind of throwing his player under the bus there, which pisses me off um, because he's got some friends on the Rangers staff. Uh, sorry, I was, I was reading that in real time. Um so here's the deal. If you're upset about your player hitting a 3-0 or, or hitting a grand slam in general, you're an ass. Like, screw the whole baseball unwritten rules bullshit, okay? The dude hit a grand slam. He's a rookie. He's leading the National League in home runs. He's a phenomenal baseball player. Why the hell would you be angry at a guy for taking advantage of an opportunity? I Look, I don't care what the score is like i'm not about running up scores and stuff like that like i mean obviously if you're up like you know if you're up double digits in a baseball game and you've got your star players in and they're cracking home runs left and right then obviously yeah you're just pouring it on but i mean at the same time the point is to win the game if your pitcher sucks if you're the rangers pitcher and the pitchers give you know has got the bases loaded and then he gives up a grand slam that's on the pitcher that's not on the batter your pitch, the, the Rangers pitcher threw three freaking balls prior to, to giving the guy a layup, and the guy took the layup and cracked a grand slam. There's nothing wrong with that. And if the Padres manager felt like the game was in the bag at 10-3, to 3, then why did you have your star players in? Put in your bench. Start benching people. Say, all right, you know what? We're up, we're up comfortably here. We're up by seven runs. You guys are going to sit the rest of the game. I'm going to start putting in some people here and there to pinch hit just to give some people some at-bats. But he didn't do that. He left all of his stars in, including his star rookie. So rather than throwing your player under the bus, which I do have a problem with because it sounded like he was kind of doing that, shut up and actually manage. Do your job. If you think that you're up on a comfortable enough lead in the eighth inning, you don't want to see your superstar hit a grand slam, then don't let him go up to bat. Tell him you're done for the night, son. You're good. You played a great game. You already hit a home run earlier in the game. I'm going to sit you for the rest of the game. I'm going to put somebody else in, give somebody else a shot. 
but you didn't do that. So that falls on you. I'm not going to blame any player for hitting a grand slam. This kid is a rookie. He's trying to make something of himself. He's trying to make himself valuable, invaluable to the team. Who knows if he's going to be able to play this well next year or the year after that or the year after that. The kid's playing for a contract. He's a rookie. He's not making, he's not making a ton of money as a rookie. Let me see if I can pull up his, uh, what he's making right now, just, just for shits and gigglies. But, I mean, again, you're, you're going to get angry at a player for taking advantage of a situation and hitting a grand slam. And you think that's rational? The dude's making $591,000 this year. He's 21 years old. He's making $591,000. So, yeah, the dude is playing for a contract. Is Look, making over half a million dollars a year is nothing to sneeze at. I get that. I do. But in, in the terms of baseball, he's making peanuts. As far as big league contracts go, he's not making a whole hell of a lot of money. There should be, there should be no issue with anybody taking advantage of a situation and hitting a grand slam. That would be like getting mad at Steph Curry for the Warriors are running up a score in a game and Steph Curry's about to, Steph Curry hits a three to break, I don't know, some sort of record. And, and after the game, Steve Kerr goes to reporters and is like, you know, you know, he, he shouldn't have done that. Like he shouldn't, he shouldn't have hit that three. We should have just, we should have just dribbled it out and let the clock run out. He wouldn't, A, he wouldn't say that. B, Kerr would have probably just sat him like he did to Clay Thompson a few years ago because the Warriors were blowing out a team and, and Thompson had the opportunity to break. Uh, I forgot what record it was. I think it was like scoring in a quarter or something like that. And he ended up sitting him. It was bullshit. But that's what you see a lot of times is you see these coaches that are so deferential to the unwritten rules of whatever the sport is. Man, screw that. Forget that. The kid had an opportunity to hit a grand slam. He took the opportunity to hit the grand slam. Anybody who has a problem with that, I'm sorry. Like, I'm so sick of all these freaking unwritten rules and all this crap, especially when it comes to baseball. Man, get over yourself. This is why people don't watch your game. Is because you have all this, these crappy rules, unwritten rules. Get over it. The kid's a superstar player. Let him hit the ball. Again, if you don't want him to hit the grand slam, sit him. Sit him on the bench. You were up by seven runs. So, if, again, if you felt like that was, a, that was a, a strong enough lead, why you got all your starters in the game? Do your job. Manage the game properly. Don't sit back and throw your player under the bus after the game and say, oh, well, you know, he, he should have paid attention to the, to the call or to the, you know, um, whatever it was, the signal to not swing at a 3-0 bitch. Man, screw that. I would, if I was him and I saw that, I would have been like, screw you. If the guy's going to give me a ball right down the center of the plate, I'm going to hit it. We'll see what happens. If I get out, then I get out. Who cares? It's a 3-0 count. We're up by seven runs. But hell yeah, if I can pad my stats and increase my chances of getting a, a nice fat contract in a few years, yeah, I'm going to do that. So, if again, if you're out there and you have a problem with the dude hitting the grand slam, I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you don't like watching players play well. I, I don't know. I, again, I, I just don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Um, 
maybe Austin Space feels differently about this. I mean, he and I seem to fall on different sides when it comes to uh, baseball topics like this. So I will be interested to hear what he has to say. Um, we'll have to wait another week until we do another podcast, but I will make sure that uh, this is a question that I do ask him in the upcoming Spaceball. Speaking of, episode three is up on iTunes. So uh, make sure you check out episode three of Spaceball, another plug for Spaceball. I think this is the second one on this podcast. Be sure to check it out. Let's get into some last words. So remember a few years ago, not really a few years ago, it was about a year, year and a half ago when all over Twitter, you had a lot of sports columnists talking about gushing about how great the NBA ratings were. Well, interesting article came out on The Athletic by Ethan Strauss. Um, in it, he talks about the, uh, the drop-off in viewership over the past eight years in the NBA. In the article, he quote, and I quote, In that hastily promoted lockout season 2011-2012, ABC Games drew 5.42 million viewers on average. The final tally on this latest 2019-2020 season was 2.95 million viewers, average viewers on ABC. Every ABC game from 2011-2012 received higher viewership than 2.95 million, save for a meaningless late-season 1 p.m. Thunder Bulls game that Derrick Rose sat out. That's 45%. They've had a 45% drop-off since 2011-2012. That's nearly half of their viewership is gone. Now, mind you, this 2019-2020 viewership, the 2.95, this happened prior to the pandemic. So prior to the NBA going completely woke, they lost nearly half their viewers. I'm going to be extremely interested to see what the total numbers are once this NBA postseason is finished, especially if the Lakers don't make it to the finals. If LeBron gets bounced out in the first round, oh, sweet Jesus, that would be, oh my God, that would be incredible karma. Uh, It's probably not going to happen, though. I think the Lakers are going to win that series in six. Um... But if they did, it would be incredible. Anyway, if the Lakers don't make it to the finals, the NBA is in a lot of trouble. Can't stand LeBron, but LeBron runs the league. He does. LeBron and Steph run that league. And they don't have Steph. They also don't have KD. Giannis does not run the league yet. He may never. You know, as, as, much as, uh, as much as a lot of people like to talk about Giannis as being potentially the best player in the game, from what I read, he's got a lot of holes, man. There's a lot of holes, and, and it seems to be highlighted in the postseason every single year. People seem to be able to point out the issues in Giannis's game. That's not here nor there. The point being, the NBA pretty much seems to go as far as LeBron will take them, as far as ratings, um, at least this season anyway. And the fact that the ratings, again, have dropped 45% over the course of eight years is incredible. It's incredible. Remember when people like Mark Cuban were talking up the NBA about how they were going to overtake the NFL? Well, at the rate they're going, Major League Baseball is going to start rating higher than the NBA. And again, this was prior to the NBA putting politics over their sport. And now that the NBA has chosen to go up a a specific political route, they're going to lose even more viewers. Yeah, are you going to are you going to have the woke Twitter brigade behind you, the the social media checkmark brigade, the blue checkmark brigade, I should say? Are they going to be supporting you? Absolutely. 
because their virtue is strong. But for everybody else out there who doesn't give a shit about your politics, that just wants to watch sports, you've already tuned them out. They're done. They've walked away. I'm one of those people. Like, I'm speaking for individuals that I know who have stopped watching the NBA because they just, they don't give a shit about the politics. They're just done. Like, you want to throw your politics in my face. Well, that's fine. I can throw my hands up and say, I don't want to watch you anymore then. You know, you have a lot of people who talk about how, you know, oh, we're going to boycott the NBA because, you know, we don't like their politics and yet they're still talking about the NBA on their shows. Talking about how, well, you know, I know I told you not to watch the NBA because of their politics, but oh my God, have you seen Dame Lillard? Dame Lillard is out of his mind right now. You got to watch the league. No, I won't. I won't do it. I've told you guys before on this podcast, I can be a lot of things. I can be arrogant. I can be an ass. I can come across as self-righteous from time to time. I may even come off as self-righteous right now in this, in this segment, but I'm not a hypocrite. If I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. I told you I'm not supporting the NBA and I won't. I have no problem talking about their ratings taking a dive because I find that interesting. If there's an interesting story within the NBA, I will talk about it because this is a sports podcast, but I will not give them my viewership. I can tell you that right now. I don't care who's in the league right now. Even if the Warriors were on, even if Steph Curry was playing in the playoffs, I would not be watching the league. He's my favorite player. Favorite player in the NBA. He might even be my favorite player in sports right now. I still won't support the NBA. And I'm not speaking for the minority. Clearly, given their ratings decline, I'm speaking for the majority. So I'm going to be really fascinated to see what their numbers look like at the end of this postseason. And when those numbers come out, I'll be sure to uh, to talk about it. Now, look, I could be wrong. Maybe their postseason numbers go up. I doubt it, though. I really do doubt the fact that their numbers are going to go up. So we'll see. If you are watching the NBA, you think the playoffs are great. That's awesome. Good for you. You know, I don't disparage anybody for supporting the NBA. If you guys like basketball, if you want to watch the NBA, watch the NBA. I'm not, I'm not trying to talk down to anybody or preach to anybody. Everyone's got their own viewpoints. Everyone has their own beliefs. I, for one, just don't believe in supporting a league that supports China. I just, I, I, for me, I, it makes me uncomfortable. So I won't do it. But that doesn't mean that you can't. It doesn't mean that I think any less of you if you do. I just don't. So it is what it is. But I am interested, though, to see what the, those postseason numbers are. And when they do come out, I will be sure to, uh, to talk about it on this pod. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Little Valley Sports Talk Podcast brought to you by the Soundline Network. As always, thank you so much for tuning and listening. I greatly appreciate it. Please be sure to check me out on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review. While you're there, you can check out other great podcasts we have for you from the Soundline Network, including Drinks with Dan, Richo's Rant, Richo and Lala, and Spaceball. Currently, episode three is available, so please check that out. Also, not affiliated with the Soundline Network, but you should listen to it anyway, is Pointless 64, Austin Space's own March Madness style of podcasting. Episode one and episode two are currently available wherever you get your podcast. So please check that out. That's all I have for you this week. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend and I'll talk to you all again soon.